0: Okay, so we are doing now Thursday's portion of Precious Emor. We are in the middle of discussing all the various holidays and services in the temple for the various holidays. So we're in chapter 23 and we're up to verse 23. God spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel saying, In the seventh month, which is of course the month of Tishrei, on the first of month, which is of course Rosh Hashanah, There shall be a rest day for you, a mention of shofar blast, a calling of holiness. And Rashi comments when we say a mention of shofar blast, this means a mentioning of the verses, in other words, mention is like zikhron, the Hebrew word is to remember. So we're mentioning the verses of remembrance, verses which refer to God's remembrance of his mercy towards creation, and shofar blast, verses of shofar Verses which refer to the shofar, the ram's horn. You Remembering your behalf, the binding of Isaac, in whose stead the ram was offered. And on this Rashi, there is a, a very interesting explanation of the Lubavitcher Rebbe to understand what this is referring to here, but we're just doing it in the simple words of Rashi. You shall not do any labor, and you shall offer a fire offering to God. You shall offer a fire offering, Rashi explains, these means the additional offerings which are stated later in the next book, the book of Numbers, we go through these offerings. God spoke to all the same. Now that was about Rosh Hashanah. Now we're going to speak about Yom Kippur. But on the 10th day of this month, which is the Day of Atonement, there shall be a calling of holiness for you, and you shall afflict yourself to offer a fire offering to God. You shall not do any work on this very day, for it is a Day of Atonement, to provide you atonement before God, your God. Now, sorry on that previous verse. I lost this one here. The verse starts off with the word ach, which means but. And Rashi gives the rule here that we have in a number of other places that whenever it says ach or rak, which means but or only, It always means to include, to exclude, sorry, it's exclusion, it's limitation. So the exclusion here, what are we saying? Ah, but, what's the limitation, the exclusion here? The limitation on this Day of Atonement is it atones for those who repent. But it doesn't atone for those who do not repent. Now this is actually a whole discussion in the Talmud. Since we know that Yom Kippur is a Day of Atonement, does everyone receive atonement, or just those that repent? And it is truly a discussion the atonement, and in the end, they rule, as Rashi quotes, ah, limits, it only atones for those who repent. But it is a discussion, because there's room to say that since there's a wave of atonement penetrating the world, it would even atone for those who do not repent. But we do need to repent at Yom Kippur, and of course the repentance we do, the primary repentance of Yom Kippur is the fact. Everything else, additional, the prayers, the charity we give before, but the main act of repentance is the fasting of young people. For any soul who will not be afflicted on this very day will be cut off from its people. Again, affliction means primarily fasting plus all the other ways our sages said we afflict ourselves, like not washing, etc., to create this repentance. And any soul who will do any work on this very day, I will destroy that soul from among its people. So Rashi says, I will destroy, is the Torah's explanation on what the concept of kares means. Meaning, there's a spiritual punishment, a very, very severe punishment called kares, which means excision, the cutting off of the soul. But We never explain what it means. The Torah doesn't say what it means, it just says that's what you get. So here... When God is saying, I will destroy, it's explaining to us what this kareis, this excision means. That it is destruction. It's truly cutting off of the soul. You shall not do any work. It is an eternal decree throughout your generations and all your settled places. You shall not do any work. Rashi explains that really, really is two explanations. The question being on this Rashi is, it seems redundant. We just said that in the preceding verse. So why are we repeating it again? So the first answer of Rashi is that actually this prohibition against working on Yom Kippur is repeated many times, that if one did work on Yom Kippur, they'd be guilty of transgressing many negative commandments because it's said many times in the Torah. Or another way of understanding this is the previous verse was telling us we can't work by day, and this one is adding that we also cannot do any work at night. It is a day of complete rest for you, and you shall afflict yourself. On the ninth of the month, in the evening, from evening to evening, shall you rest on your rest day. Because again, Yom Kippur is considered the ultimate Shabbat. Of course, we can't have the meals of Shabbos, but in terms of that spiritual Sabbath, like connection to Hashem, the ultimate day of Shabbos is Yom Kippur. And even in the times of Messiah, where obviously the four fasts that we fast annually for the destruction of the temple, we won't fast, and they'll actually become holidays. But this fast of Yom Kippur, perhaps will still be fasting, It will definitely still be the holiest day of the year. And it's a discussion, it's a debate, will we even fast then, in the times of Messiah on Yom Kippur, not not fasting because we won't be afflicting ourselves by fasting, because truly, I you know in the days of Messiah, we, might not eat, we don't even need to eat. We'll be sustained by godliness. We'll be eating to just be nice to our bodies. So it won't be a big deal to not eat for those 25 plus hours. But perhaps for the spiritual reasons and virtues of fasting, we might even be fasting in the times of Messiah, I know people are.